0: underneath the manzanita tree (laughs) so i I moved to new england from the deep south um south it's it's been in the news lately for rising again and (laughs) you know we had a lot of problems out there growing up i mean i'll get into it you know crystal meth it it ravages communities and people are always so down on meth heads but you know there's some upsides there's some upsides (laughs) for one thing meth heads man they'll make you Super nostalgic for crackheads. And how and how they just want more crack and you can predict all their actions based on that. The thing with meth is, oh man, it makes you super crazy. It costs almost nothing. Like you can do three days a week at Burger King and pay for your meth at it. So what you have, what you have is a lot of crazy people walking around very quickly, obviously. A lot of time on their hands to work on their bespoke insanities. It'll be stories like, oh. My, my neighbors stealing my spark plugs, but you know, it's so he can build a time machine so we can go back in time and break Albert <laughs> Levine's nose and somehow that's gonna end the designated hitter rule. So, you know, it's for a good cause. I'm not mad. Or like, you'll be in an alley and some dude will come up and you think he's gonna rob you or whatever, but he just wants you to sign a contract he made about not taking your shoelaces for granted. <laughs> so, That's fine. That's fun. Uh, I had two kids recently or so they tell me. Uh, I know that shit's been hard because I didn't even have that thing in high school where they give you like a fake baby. (laughs) that you can take care of? Did it happen at anybody's high school? Yeah. In real life? What what kind of baby was it? a sack of flour. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) I thought thought it was going to be an egg, like in Saved by the Bell. Because now they have the mechanic, A sack of flour? That's not realistic at all. You can't- You can take a baby to a fish fry. Like, a sack of flour. Watch out. Man, weird. No, I mean, the whole point of that assignment is they wanted you to fail, right? They want you to have the baby, and you say how much it sucks to be a teen mom, and then you don't want to be a teen mom. But then, like, if you do pass the assignment, are you good to go? Are you good to be one now? Like, like, when Mothers Against Drunk Driving comes to your school fair, and they have those goggles you put on that makes you drunk, and then you drive with them. But then if you do a good job driving, they give you a laminated card that says you're allowed to drive drunk now
1: because you did it. Or like when
0: the D.A.R.E. officer comes to your school, and he's got all those little samples of drugs in a plastic case, and then he lets you do some of the blow, and you're, you're so good at doing it. You're so good at doing it. You, do, you say all the stuff that people in cocaine are supposed to say to each other. Like, like, oh, your idea for a restaurant sounds incredible. I just, I think it's important to be honest with children about where restaurants come from. (laughs) I think you gotta sit them down on the edge of the bed and look right in their eyes and just say, when two men named Philip and Dana love themselves very, very much, they have a restaurant concept together. And that's where they come from. People these days, a lot of people these days they want comedians to be like more than comedians. They want to be like, you know, preachers or motivational speakers. They want them to, to ask, you know, ask the important questions in life. So I'll I'll try. Can anybody name all the members of Limp Bizkit? <laughs> Any of them? You guys, you guys know at least one, right? Fred Durst. Right. It would be Fred, it would be Fred Durst. And then some people. I guess some people also know about the spooky bla- uh, the, the spooky bass player. Yeah. I'm West. not familiar with him something. Uh, did you know that wasn't a puppet that was a real dude just wearing contact but yeah fred durst is the only one anybody ever knew and that would be really good to be fred durst in the 90s because it's like you know you're getting the good restaurant tables you're getting all the barred out groupies um you would want to be him not the drummer because it's like nobody knows who the drummer is but then if you go fast forward to today You'd way rather be the drummer because you're getting those residual checks, but nobody knows you're in Limp Bizkit. Nobody but you. Not like Fred Durst, who has who has two hundred and ten million dollars. I looked that up. He's a rich man, but he can't enjoy it because uh, he's trapped inside the body of Fred Durst. Like even if you rent out the entire go-kart pavilion, like there's still, you know, the two employees are still laughing because it's Fred Durst there. That's hilarious. He's, I'm, I'm just saying he lives in a prison made out of Fred Durst. And so you can't even enjoy the riches. Man, wasn't it crazy how Linkin Park made all those songs about dudes having emotions, but they had to use super tough action verbs so they'd accept it? Like, dudes are always, and people in those songs, are like, they're crawling and falling and ripping and tearing. It's like, we get it. You're feeling stuff. You're feeling stuff. Okay. Uh... <laughs> It's, it's, I feel it's pretty boring when white people talk about their heritage, right? When someone's trapped you in a conversation, they're telling you about how there's Scotch, German, Irish on their mom's side and they're Dutch, Irish, Scotch on their dad's side and so on and so forth. I don't know. I don't think people, Caucasians, should, uh, get to have heritage like that. There's, there's usually, I mean, Irish is definitely going to be in there. The Irish are super proud of being Irish all the time so many parades but then i guess you know there was how they used to be like slaves and people considered them like less than human like not even white like a subspecies of human we should get back to that we should bring that was that was tight in my opinion Ugh, knock him down a, a bit oh <laughs> oh i know you were slaves um man so people here listen to npr bet i bet you've heard stuff about like the call of the abyss have i ever heard of of that phrase before it's a name for that feeling that you get when you're on like top like like when you're on top of building and you think about think about falling off when you think about the worst possible thing that could happen if you're driving and you think about jerking the wheel not that you're going to do it you're not suicidal you're just thinking about you know what would happen if i went down that route i've I've been having a lot of conversational call of the abyss lately when I'm talking to folks. I just it's it's fucking with my enjoyment of life. Okay, the 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 real example, like the real life example of this, was I was hanging out with my friends the other day, and uh, there was a story on the news about some Scientologists in Turkey that were handing out pamphlets, and uh, they were charged with this with this old school crime over there called like inciting fear. Inciting fear on the street, and since it was a story about Scientology, of course they have a picture of Tom Cruise up there, just like a random red uh, red, uh, red carpet picture of Tom Cruise doing that toothy, Tom Cruise grin he does, where he's like,
1: <laughs>
0: like that one. And I stood up and went over the TV and like pointed at his his fucked up big front teeth and was like, Hey guys, more like incising fear, am I right?
1: <laughs>
0: Which caused a mild titter. It's not a good joke. It caused a mild titter of laughter, but I couldn't even enjoy that little tiny moment of pleasure bringing other people after because immediately i was thinking man you know what would make things really upsetting and awkward if you just said that again if you just said the punchline again more like incising fear am i right for a second time but then that would probably it'd probably work out because people would think you were just excited about your joke landing and were like saying it one more time they give you a little a little credit But then, man, if you said it a third time, you're like, hey, guys, more like incising fear, am I right? Ha ha ha. More like incising fear, am I right? More like incising fear, am I right? That third time, like, people are going to frown a little bit and furrow their brows. And they're probably not going to say anything. They might shoot each other at glance. But then what if you said it a fourth time? (laughs) What if you said it four times? Oh, fuck. Now this is like the worst part of everyone's day. They feel so uncomfortable. They're fucking hating it. They're hating it. Oh, geez. They're like looking around. and then you get into like five six seven people are looking at the table they might try to physically leave the room there's like more like incising fear right more like incising fear and then you go into like eight nine ten times they have to look at you because what if you stab them they don't want to get stabbed oh and then it's like how many times can you say the same thing in a row before they like call somebody before like they get a straight jacket for you and put it on you or like just get on the phone about it I mean I, not out here though fuck not right here you could say something 500,000 times and you just be like oh that's more like incising fear march he's like that we love him he's great uh, okay so here's Here's the a, here's a thing that's hard to do in audiences of normal people that would easier out here. Like stuff about traveling, it's hard to explain the lifestyle to people. It's hard to explain a lifestyle where it's like, I would spend a lot of time doing stuff in front of signs that were telling me exactly not to do that. Like the sign says, no soliciting, but I'm hardcore soliciting <laughs> all day. Getting, getting that cash or a sign that says, you know, dogs must be leashed and my dog's never on a leash. I would never, come on, forget about it. Uh, and then, you know, eventually a security guard will come up to you and they'll like jerk their thumb back at the sign, you know, tell you got to get out of here. Sometimes, sometimes they would point to the sign and be like, hey, can't you read? And when I had that opportunity, I would always say No. And that would usually they just give me a weird look, but then sometimes, oh my god, sometimes they would be like, Why? And then then you got a real sandbox to play in. That's so good. You can say You know, I'm always gonna say something I'm always gonna say something real, like something that's going on in someone's real life, like, oh, I was actually like in a cult until I ran away at age twenty one, and they never taught us how to read and we didn't really go much past the third grade or whatever and can you help me get my documents like a social security card or like ask them you know or like some frozen airplane waste it fell out and it hit me on the head and ever since then I can't read and and the hope is that he like goes home to his family that night and he tells them <laughs> of this fantastical tale of this of this person that he met and their story and then they all think about people whose lives are different from theirs and might not have the same opportunities and they they, you know, have a better understanding, more empathy. Or there's also the possibility <laughs> he says to me hey my sister's the only person who's been hit by frozen airplane poop in this hemisphere since 1974 and then now i learned something i'm the one that learned the lesson and i'd like that too man being out being out there sometimes you know you you're you're out there for years and stuff sometimes the compass gets a little spun you You start wondering if you're doing the right thing. I would. I mean, I was having a great time out there, but just driving all over America, I'd wonder myself, is it right to be doing this? Should I be out here doing all these drugs, having depraved sex with strangers? Um, Is it the best use of my talents and time, limited though they may be? And when I was having one of these moments of you know, sort of like existential crisis, um, I'm so glad that I got behind an edible arrangements truck because once i saw that truck and that papaya response uh i knew that like i just remembered edible arrangement uh edible arrangements and what it is (laughs) that there's like a whole building where where people have to show up to so they can cut up pineapples and put wooden dowels in them and that they're using fossil fuels to like haul it all over America to like, I guess people that work at the bank. I don't know <laughs> who orders edible arrangements, but like, it's an entire company that people work for and, you know, kind of harming the environment with their activities and it's I'm fine. You know, if that's going on, I'm good. I'm good to go. I'm not, I'm not the person that suck a wooden dowel in a cookie. And uh, took that to the bank to get a loan about it. Everything I do is fine. So, you guys, speaking of not being able to read, you guys, have, you've, you've, you've probably heard of dyslexia before, right? Yes. So they they told me when I was little I had an opposite condition called hyperlexia. And I don't know how true that is, but I could definitely read before I could talk or before I was, you know, like three and, and uh, can still read pretty fast. And uh, growing up, you'd you think that would be a you know a boon that would get you ahead in life, but also it didn't really come with like a expanded you know maturity or consciousness or intellectual ability. I could just read the words really fast. My parents wouldn't take me to the library; they would just take me to like the grocery store, where they would buy me every Stephen King book, uh, in print, and man. When I was six, I read Cujo because it had a doggie on the cover. And you guys, in the book Cujo, a guy breaks into his girlfriend's apartment, smashes every single thing that she owns, ejaculates on her bedspread, and then leaves. And at the time, that was distressing to me because, you know, I mean, first of all, I didn't want all my unicorn figurines smashed, but also the semen part that was that was hard for me to deal with, because like I knew Salem's lot wasn't real, and that like uh you know pet cemetery was a made up story, but i I was already pretty aware that Seaman was hella real, like as a concept and around me all the time and and I just I just didn't know is that is that how adults treated each other? Is this what dating was going to be like? Is this what I have to get ready for <laughs> But it didn't even matter because, like, now if I came home now and found a puddle of semen on my bedspread, y'all, I'm not even washing that for like four days. I'm just kicking it to the bottom of the bed. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares?
1: No.
0: Uh, so, man, child actors. Why are why are we still why are we still having them? Like, I'm not the best parent, but I know more than to ever let that happen to my kid. What a bizarre ass life. It's the only profession too that we allow kids to do if they want to. It's not like anyone's like, "Oh, our son, Mark, you know, Mur- Murphy just loves oil fracking, so so we did quit our jobs and moved to North Dakota just to just to give him a push. See if it works out for him. As long as he's enjoying it though." No, one, even if you're like, even if your first grader is a math whiz, no one's like, "Oh, you should pull him out of elementary school and make him a CPA." That, that'd be good for him. And honestly, oil fracking would probably be safer for kids as a profession because, like, acting's the only profession that requires you on a daily basis to put your kids in the car and drive them on purpose to a building that's full of, like, you know, pedophiles and sycophants and, like, people that whiten their dog's teeth and just the absolute scum of the earth. People that, that are probably going to fuck up your kids mentally and probably just plain fuck them. And I've heard that's bad for their development (laughs) It's not good for them. Man, I can't even enjoy watching a movie that has a bunch of kids in it like Stranger Things or something I feel like I'm watching a snuff film of their childhood. I feel like I'm watching a movie uh, You know where the dog dies, but from back before it was illegal to kill animals on screen which was 1939 you guys know that before 1939, those horses are not okay. They didn't make it. It wasn't it wasn't good for them. Man. And then sometimes people will try to tell me, oh, some of the child actors turn out alright. What about Jodie Foster? Jodie Foster's okay. But you guys know Jodie Foster's like best friends with Mel Gibson. So is she okay? <laughs> is she okay? Uh I got more, but I think, I think I'm just gonna stop now. Why? No, more.
1: amazing. Why?
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> what did I have, what I have written on the sheet of paper? Uh, Poker stories is one of... Poker <laughs> story <laughs> <and> <laughs> testosterone. Testosterone.
1: Testosterone. Testosterone. There
0: testosterone. testosterone starts off with talking about NPR and like, uh, I'm not sure. That might be like a little specialized. I don't know. It's just, I, it's a little cute for me lately. You guys listen to NPR often? Yeah. Sometimes. I don't know, like Steve Inskey pretending not to know how to pronounce like rap, you know, words and rap lyrics on the bumper stuff, and like, oh man, Radio Lab, fucking Radio Lab. It's like if you're telling a story that takes place in England, you don't have to play Hail Britannia for me to like hold that idea in my head. It's fucking babyish. Um, but anyway, so I was listening to it one day because there's nothing else in the car. They were doing a story about testosterone, like people that had too much of it or too little of it, people that had like, transitioned their gender or whatever and what that was like. And um, they were going down a list of like, uh, of like fact uh, attributes of people that had like a lot of testosterone in their body. And I was hearing it, I was like, okay, yeah, maybe identify with some of that. It was stuff like square palms and like a deep voice. And a, one of them literally, this is literally one of them, a wolfish grin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hmm?
0: Uh, Another one of them was, if you were in high school, voted most likely to Sarah Connor. (laughs) Which I was. No, that wasn't really one. That wasn't really one. Uh, But the last one uh, they told you about, which is completely real, was that levels of testosterone rise when you are uh, both working out, like in the middle of a really hard workout, or watching violence, even recorded violence, like people fighting. And when I heard that, I knew it was time to take my workouts to the next level by watching videos of people beating the shit out of each other first. Yeah. And you guys, it is—it works so well. Oh my god, I would util- go to, go to any kind of fight porn site. It, you know, when you're like watching a video of a fight at 2 a.m. and you get embarrassingly hype about it, like you're like yeah, UFC. Yeah, sure that too. But I mean, no, I want them to like mean it. I want someone to have snatched somebody's something and then now like an unholy fury is coming down. I watched them all, high school fight videos, like, I didn't get into the Appalachian preschool MMA backyard scene, but that exists, that exists, and it's out there, and, uh, I'm so grateful. But then it got me in trouble, because, uh, back when I was living my car, I would work out sometimes by sneaking into the fitness room of, like, a Ramada Inn or something uh you would just like fish a starbucks cup out of the garbage have sweatpants on and a messy bun and then now you know bust out a workout real quick before i go fly a sign and i'm in i'm in the ramada one time waiting for somebody with a card to come swipe it through so he can get into the little tiny room with the foggy mirrors and the like one nordic track and i'm listening to i'm, I'm watching the fights on my cell phone with headphones and then eventually this like elderly dude in basketball shorts. Uh, comes to use the gym, which is great for me. He stands up, he swipes the card, and as he goes in, I duck in behind him really quick. And as I do, the door slams shut and catches my headphones and pulls them out of the phone. And then now, all of a sudden, we're like in this tiny room together, and there's just the sounds of like, Get him, Jeremy! Get him, Jeremy!
1: <laughs> Fuck him
0: up! Fuck him up! And he was like, Looking at me, kind of confused. I was just like, this is what music sounds like now. This is what the kids listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I don't want to talk about the Myers-Briggs personality index. I don't want to talk about pedophiles. Um I invented some new dog breeds, I guess. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, it just sucks that we have all these dogs that, that are trained to do hyper-specialized tasks we took all their dogs away. I mean, we took all their uh, jobs away in the span of, like, 50 years. I just don't think it's fair. They're, like, quivering with excitement to do the thing they were trained to do. No, we don't let them do it. We gotta start over. We gotta start from scratch. Dogs for modern people to solve modern problems. You know, like a... A dog, like a retriever. But they only retrieve cash and jewels. And also, they can break into people's houses. That's a dog that I could use. Um, You know, dogs that are good for selfies, really glossy, stand in front of you, reflect the light. Um, Dogs that, like, secrete antibiotics from their eyes, but every day they change a little bit to keep up with today's fast-paced MRSA outbreaks. You know, I could make a dog that... If people call themselves their dog's mom, maybe you hit 40 and the dog's face will change to look like your face. So then you don't feel so bad about not completing the biological imperative. I don't know. Sometimes when I'm in public, my dog, she'll be asleep and she'll be twitching like dogs do when they dream and, you know, making little noises and shit. And people are always like, oh, she must be chasing rabbits. Or you know, stuff that dogs do during the day. But sometimes the dog tries to hump me, so it's like you gotta figure some of those dreams some of those dreams you're not stopping them. Like you're into it. Hmm. Of all the things that COVID took away from us in Burlington, Vermont, near where I live, The one thing I can't believe it didn't take away was the axe-throwing bar. Uh. (laughs) Somehow, there's still a bar, it survived the pandemic, where you can go throw axes at the wall, and it makes me so goddamn mad. Oh man, I know I shouldn't get that worked up over it. It's just, Uh oh. Because they're not chopping wood in there. It's not surrounded by, you're supposed to chop like, you know, 10,000 cords of wood first. They're they're trafficking and working-class signifiers. I don't love that. Plus the fact that you just know that if it came down to the cut, they're not, it, they're not even helping people do it. They're not even gonna be able to do it. Like, I'm out here in the middle of nowhere chopping wood for the apocalypse. They're in there twirling them around like majorettes. And If in fact the apocalypse did happen and there was like, you know, a horde of people from Brooklyn cresting the hill Coming to take over my house in Vermont. You needed somebody you needed one of these Burlingtonians to sink the tip of that axe into the forehead of One of these fucks. They're, they're gonna be like oh, it's not a regulation axe. It needs to be tuned uh, so I guess I might as well Sure, I'll, I'll do the the hooker story last cuz I got to get back to those to the kids. They'll probably need me but uh, <clears throat>
2: <laughs> Go all, way out there. Go.
0: So uh, before, uh, yeah, before this life, I used to have like a whole, a whole different one where I had like long hair and uh, long nails and high heels. And oh, for the purposes of this story, I guess it is important, not just a, a brag, to say like I used to be super hot before I lost <laughs> like most of my teeth, which causes your face to sink in. I was, I was pretty attractive. Like people used to say Angelina Jolie, but that's not true. That's, that was way too hot, but absolutely Jessica Alba hot. That's an objective fact. I was absolutely as hot as like Jessica Alba. So anyway, um, I also, I'm tired of standing up now. So I had parlayed this into like a fairly, I went from Craigslist hooker to like tech bro hooker, which was, you know, fairly, a fairly lucrative enterprise. And, um, huh? Craigslist to what? Like, uh, you know, like, a, I, uh, I would say mostly tech bros oh. is is who I was working for. And so for the setting, this story is I was in the car with one of these dudes one day, and he was going off about my mom's declawed cat. I mean, you know, like, I've been seeing the dude a little bit, and he just hated that my mom's cat uh, had been declawed. I don't, I don't. I know we're not supposed to like it i don't have that much of a problem with it i mean it was still could climb trees the cat seemed happy enough uh, otherwise it was going to go to an animal shelter in memphis tennessee which would have been death so it's like declawing or death whichever one you think is better but he was he was all up in arms about he's like oh man don't you know it's just like cutting your knuckle off your, your finger off at the first knuckle that's that's their fingers in there and i was like well honestly i think cats would be able to make that decision I think if you offered a cat free room board medical care and food for the rest of their natural life they'd probably lose the first knuckle voluntarily yeah. I know I would if somebody was offering me <coughs> free room you know food medical care for the rest of my life you can have the first slim you know little bone pieces and he said do you want to put your money where your mouth is and I said what And he said that there was places on the internet, not the World Wide Web, but the internet, where he could put an ad like that and maybe somebody would take me up on it and uh, you know, decide to provide those things in exchange for, you know, safely uh, in a medical setting, cutting the tips of my finger off. And I didn't have to think long about it before I said yes, because come on, (laughs) the first knuckles in your finger, what the fuck, you can still dial a phone, pull a grenade, masturbate, (laughs) Vulcan salute. What else is there? Uh, Those four things? Come on, you're good. That's good, that's all you need to do. And so, he put the ad on the internet, and uh, surprisingly quickly it got answered. If you had to guess a part of the world from which someone who would take me up on that offer would originate, where do you think?
3: New Jersey! Uh, (laughs) China?
0: No, nobody there could afford it. Someone
3: answer so I don't sound ignorant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What, What you would now call the UAE. They're definitely, they definitely grow some weird ones. United Arab Emirates. Yeah, in that, in that part of the world. Um,
3: Did they want your knuckles?
0: <clears throat> yeah, they actually wanted a whole lifestyle thing. Like that was ge- that was getting worked out. You know, am I going to like live at the house? Do I wear a collar? It was finally decided it was going to be just like you know, I had my own oh, separate domicile. Oh, you wanted style. to declaw you like a cat? Yeah, no, that yeah, that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't declaw cats.
3: that's not apparently a lot of people
0: don't I mean my mom did I don't judge other
3: people this (laughs) is a comedy
0: uh Anywho,
4: no, it's a conversation too, it's a conversation, right,
0: because I'm sitting down, fuck, haha. No, 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 no. that's why they make them stand up, now I get it, or else you're just talking, or you're just talking, oh, gosh, tradition,
5: tradition, don't fuck with it. Well, United Arab Emirates have a lot of money, you know.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, some, uh, some free stuff going on, but luckily before... Before that uh, happened, uh, some other shit went down, and uh, I basically ended up hitting the road because I was being, you know, pretty heavily surveilled by these dudes. But it was kind of a shame, because I had already practiced, you know, doing a bunch of stuff that was going to be needed in my new cat lifestyle, like jumping up on the mantle and knocking a bunch of shit off. (laughs) shitting in a box of sand, much to the dismay of other people at the playground. <laughs> okay, I'm going to sit down now. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 Woo. Woo. Woo.
5: Rainbows Return to Strawberry Lake for 50th Anniversary Unlikely, from the Grand Gazette, March twenty seventh, 2022, by Marissa Lorenz. On March 3rd, a post made to a number of Grant County Facebook groups announced, warned, about 20,000 plus coming to a forest near you. Rumor has it it's happening in Grand Lake. The post was referencing the 2022 Rainbow Family Gathering, the 50th anniversary of an annual event first held at Strawberry Lake near Granby. For those who are unfamiliar with the Rainbow Family of Living Light, it grew out of various cultural and youth movements of the late 1960s and early 70s. Their annual World Gatherings have become month-long events that center around a prayer and meditation circle for world peace, usually held on July 4th. Some have described the group as the largest non-organization of non-members in the world with no leaders and no organization. Others commonly refer to them as dirty hippies. And while Rainbow-created websites maintain that it is long-standing Rainbow family consensus that nobody has ever or ever will represent the Rainbow family, they often talk about such things as communal peace, love, and harmony on and with the planet Earth. That 1972 gathering was the Rainbow's first intentional large group gathering, drawing an estimated 20,000 to Grant County a new york times article from the period says that they came to meditate in the forest to chant prayers together talk over things and play flutes and guitars and drums under the spruce and aspen trees it also details how local government opposed the event then governor john love swore to prevent the gathering the state closed roads to the campground it tried to ban food from the area But eventually, it was the young people who decided the issue by hiking through the forest to get to the location after being stuck in the town of Granby, many without accommodation, for seven days of standoff. The article goes on to say that concerns of health epidemics were unfounded, that waste was buried in military-style trenches, and that there was little evidence of drug use outside of an occasional marijuana cigarette. One-time journalist and owner-editor of the Middle Park Times, Ed Quillen, later wrote about being at that first event as a young reporter. Two years after that, I was editing the Kremlin newspaper in Grand County, and I heard the local side of the story, Quillen wrote. The Strawberry Lake crowd hadn't caused that much real trouble, but any substantial population spike in a remote and unpopulated zone the county had only 5,000 people in those days was burdensome and disruptive but those contemporary accounts conflict with local memory as recalled today. That March 3rd post has garnered over 100 comments on one Facebook page, with most expressing negative attitudes toward the rainbow gathering and a hope it will not come back to the area. They pay for nothing and leave feces everywhere, states one Facebook commenter. For all the world peace and sacred healing they spew, it is wildly overshadowed by a lot of destructive and dangerous behavior, says another. And yet another local laments, We have laws in the county code because of this nightmare. It's why we can't live in a camper on our own property. Few voices speak in defense of the event, though two individuals claim to know that the gathering will not return to the Granby area. And a longtime Rainbow who calls himself Muddy George recently echoed that unlikelihood. By phone, George, a Colorado native and self-described protector of our national forest, recounts his first gathering, the second in Colorado, held in 1992 in Paonia. I was concerned. I went with the intention of participating, but I also wanted to make sure a large gathering would be safe and environmentally friendly to Colorado. George says he has attended most annual gatherings since, serving in various capacities, including as part of the Vision Council that makes consensus-based decisions about upcoming events. He confirms and stresses that no decisions have yet been made about the 2022 location other than that it will be in Colorado. George explains that scouting of potential sites takes place on a continual basis. We know that we're a large group, so areas that work for our needs, such as parking, water, camping, are generally areas that are already permitted, already have an impact use, and have historically been used by other large groups, such as large hunting camps or grazing or logging activities. Sites that are vulnerable or problematic don't meet our needs. Burn scars and rehabbing burn scars don't meet our needs, George assures. The strawberry site, being a sensitive area, would negate its consideration. And Muddy George understands well the community's concerns about fire. He lost his own home to a Colorado wildfire in 2002. Yet he continues to return to the gathering, seeing firsthand the work being being done to mitigate not just fire, but violence, long-term environmental damage, and waste accumulation. As for Grand County safety officials, they are already in discussion about resource needs should the Rainbow Group decide to return to the area. We are aware of the likelihood of the 2022 World Rainbow Family gathering happening in Colorado and the possibility it could take place in Grant County, says Grand County Sheriff Brett Schrotland. While it is too early to know with any certainty, it is our understanding that historically the location of the gathering is not determined until after their spring council in June. We are engaged in preliminary discussions with the United States Forest Service as the event would most likely be on public lands. Our local, state, and federal partners will be prepared should the event materialize, and we will strive to minimize the local impacts it could bring to our community. And Regin Cloudman, public information officer for the Arapaho National Forest, affirms that same message. We know the community is still recovering from the 2020 fires and the pandemic on top of that. Here, we have the advantage of knowing this event may occur, giving us time to prepare for it, and allowing us to plan for a significant number of additional resources to support safely and environmental efforts. More details of how a coordinated response to a planned Grand County Rainbow Family Gathering would work, and who would be involved in what capacities, is expected in the coming weeks. The U.S. Forest Service will be communicating that information as it is determined. Thousands from Rainbow Family Sect plan to descend on Colorado this summer, making law enforcement nervous, like the Burning Man Festival, but weirder, reports indicate, by Conrad Swanson from the Denver Post, March 31, 2022. The 50th anniversary of the Rainbow Family of Living Light's first gathering in Colorado comes this summer, and the group, a sect of hippies that say they stand for peace and love, appear likely to return to its roots. Sheriff's departments in Grand and Jackson counties, alongside U.S. Forest Service officials, confirmed that the Rainbow family appears poised for a month-long gathering in Colorado this summer. Rainbow families can bring thousands of people together for what Vice reported amounts to a weird version of Burning Man, mixing bikers, Jesus freaks, computer programmers, naked yogis, and gutter punks looking to escape the thralls of everyday life. In Colorado, past gatherings led to an uptick in trespassing and illegal camping charges after seven members told police that they took psychedelic drugs before climbing atop Boulder Public Library's roof, the Daily Camera reported. The group gathers each year for about a week, but this year, marking their 50th anniversary, they're expected to stick around for longer. Flyers posted around Jackson County said they'd gather from June 28th to July 28th, said Sheriff Jared Poley, likely near the Granby area. Precisely where they'll gather and how many people might come remains unclear, Polly said. It really concerns me that it's for a full month. There's not a real good way to prepare for it, Polly said. In the past, we've seen issues come out of it like thefts, vandalism, abandonment of trash, animals on Forest Service property. Forest Service spokeswoman Reed Armstrong said the agency is aware of the possible gathering, but that that it's neither permitted nor sanctioned. Groups larger than 75 people require a special-use permit, and the Rainbow family has consistently refused to abide by those requirements, she said. We want to assure the community that we are working with our partners and cooperators to prepare for the possibility of a large extended gathering in Colorado, Armstrong said. Serena Roxand, a district wildlife manager with Colorado Parks and Wildlife, said the state agency is also aware of the possible gathering but without more details can do little to prepare. The group tends to gather on federal lands, she says, so the state agency would likely have little involvement. While reports of Rainbow Family gatherings are often paired with drug use and sometimes sexual assault, Rolling Stone reported in 1993 they've also been described as a band of misfits taking solace within the larger group. For their 2019 gathering in New Mexico, Forest Service representatives noted that they're fairly cooperative with rules meant to protect water and culturally significant sites, the New Mexican reported. For that meeting, they brought propane tanks to abide by fire bans and promised to clean up whatever trash they left behind. Criminal charges can often stem from these meetings, but prosecutors have also dropped many of these charges. The Rainbow family has no designated leadership and members and take pride in their holistic and communal system online blogs and profiles show. The group's first meeting was in the Strawberry Lake area east of Granby in 1972. Rainbow Gathering could bring thousands to fragile Colorado backcountry sparking outrage by Spencer McKee. Denver Gazette, March 31st, 2022. In 2006, an estimated 15,000 members of the Rainbow Family Group, often described as hippies and as part of a non-organization, took over a large swath of land in Colorado's Route National Forest during an illegal gathering. The same group may be coming back to the Centennial State this summer. While the annual gatherings of the Rainbow Family of the Living Light are described by some as a celebration of nature and life, others find issue with the massive crowds that the events bring to public land for extended periods of time. Not only can Rainbow Family gatherings cost the Forest Service hundreds of thousands of dollars each year, major concerns also exist regarding the environmental impact of long-term forest use by such a large group. In 2006, the National Forest Service had denied the group two permit applications for their Steamboat Springs area gathering, one permit that contained profanity and a second that was denied due to fire safety concerns. The group gathered anyway, citing that a permit requirement violated the constitutional freedom of assembly. In a matter of days, hundreds of violation notices had been issued by Forest Service officers for a range of offenses, including illegal occupancy and use of a national forest, and drug-related offenses. This year, plans circulating the Internet seem to point to Colorado as the destination for the annual summer gathering once again. Two different, presumably related Facebook groups reference Colorado. The first is 2022 Colorado 50th Annual Rainbow Gathering, a group with 1,700 members that has been used to promote events in other states in the past. The second is Rainbow Gathering Vision 2022 Colorado, which implies a destination of Table Mountain, Golden Area, or Strawberry Lake, Granby Area, where where the first intentional group gathering took place in 1972. A plan to hold the festival in Colorado is also mentioned in a report from the Grand Gazette with someone involved in the location selection process stating that the 2022 event will happen in Colorado but that the exact spot is to be determined. He also notes that the Strawberry Lake site would be likely deemed too vulnerable by the group possibly due to recent fire activity in the area. While members of the group believe their gathering is well-intentioned rumors of the group's return to Colorado has drawn criticism online. On the popular forum-based website Reddit, members of a Denver-centric message board with 282,000 members have shown a strong negative reaction, also encouraging the public to contact officials at local National Forest Office about the supposed event. Outrage and concern focuses mostly on damage done to natural spaces by the event in the past, including the creation of informal trails, excessive human and animal waste left in centralized spots, and the stripping of tree branches for burning. Worry that the event could attract criminals has also been expressed. There are obvious environmental concerns that come with any long-term occupation of a space, especially by a large group. Generally, these events are billed as taking place through the first week of July, though many participants can get there early and stay for much longer, with some sources stating that the event can last an entire month. Last year, the Rainbow Gathering event took place in Carson National Forest, New Mexico, near Taos. An Associated Press report on the event noted that Forest Service officials have said that recent gatherings have had little impact on water, erosion, and other areas of concern.
6: The Forest Service is preparing for thousands of people to come and camp en masse in one of Colorado's forests this summer. Online rumors are swirling that our state is the destination for the 50th Rainbow Family Gathering. The group describes themselves as a a loose-knit organization that operates without leadership. Their events, earthy functions, draw in thousands of people. Facebook groups, presumably associated with the group, have hinted that Table Mountain in Golden or Strawberry Lake in Granby could be this year's destination. A group that large camped out in the forest for a long period of time obviously creates an added wildfire risk. risk. The Forest Service says, if necessary, they'll bring in a significant number of resources to reduce the impact on nearby towns as well as the public land.
7: Good morning, Colorado. You're listening to the Daily Sun Up with the Colorado Sun. It's Friday, April 1st. Today, the Rainbow Gathering is returning to Colorado after 16 years for its 50th anniversary. But it's a mystery of where this week's long confab will take place and when. Now, let's go back in time with some Colorado history. The discovery of gold in the Colorado Territory in the 1850s launched a second gold rush that led to a stampede of people looking to find fame and fortune. Regionally mined ore was often called Pikes Peak Gold, and the dust and ore brought into town wasn't easily spent on its own. Groups like the Clark Gruber and Company opened up a private mint to turn that dust into coins that could be more easily traded for goods and services. On July 25, 1860, the group opened up shop in a two-story brick building on the corner of Market and 16th Streets in Denver, minting $10 gold pieces at the rate of 15 or 20 coins a minute. The coin featured Pikes Peak, surrounded by a forest of timber. In three years of operation, they minted $594,305 worth of coins. They were so successful that the U.S. Treasury purchased the business in April 1863. This operation would eventually become the Denver Mint, and is the single largest producer of coins in the world. Next, our feature story. The first time the Rainbow Gathering got together was in 1972, and that happened to be in Grand County. The last time they met in Colorado was in 2006, when 10,000 people camped out on public lands in Route National Forest. This unofficial organization has no official leaders, nor an official website. But through word of modern mouth, like Reddit forums, this group of hippie campers appear to be headed to Colorado to celebrate their 50th anniversary this summer. There is cause for concern, though, about the impact of such a large group on federal lands. But as Jason Blevins reports, one upside so far is the Forest Service knows it's coming. Tamara Chung talks to Jason in today's podcast.
4: Hi, Jason. How are you today?
7: Very well. How are you, Tamara?
4: I'm good. Thanks for talking to us about the rainbow gathering. So this is new to me. I'm not from here, and I have no idea what this is. Can you tell our audience what What exactly is the Rainbow Gathering?
2: Well, for 50 years, this group has been uh, holding sort of, they call it impromptu uh, gatherings on public land, Forest Service land usually, um, around the country, different states all over. And uh, they just kind of started to hint this week that they plan to come back to Colorado for their 50th anniversary. The first ever Rainbow Gathering was uh, on public land near Granby in 1972.
4: So, fifty years. So it sounds like they're going to be somewhere here in Colorado. But um, who who are these people? Like, you know, I mean, I have no idea. I think your story mentions they're hippie campers. But do you know who who are they? What do they represent?
2: Uh, they started in I think around Eugene, Medford, Oregon, and in the, in the early seventies. And they, uh, you know, they're peace, harmony, love folks. Um, they have no structure. There is no leadership. There's no headquarters. There's no people in charge. Everybody that attends this event is uh, treated as an equal, I guess. And they um, they just sort of come together and have, have this big sort of prayer circle-ish type event on July 4th. And that's sort of their trademark, uh, you know, Pinnacle apex of the of their gathering. Sometimes folks are there for a month or longer. Um, the event technically lasts about a week. Um, we're not quite sure where they're going to end up in Colorado. Um, you know, this is since they have no formal structure. Um, it's all just kind of online chatter. You know, and there's some websites out there that say, you know, get ready for the 50th anniversary in Colorado, and. People in Grand County and the Arapaho National Forest seem to think that they will be returning to the Arapaho um, uh, for their fiftieth sometime in July this year. Mm. Could be okay. as many as thirty thousand people. They usually draw about ten to fifteen thousand people for, for these events.
4: So, so it's funny that you mentioned there's no official leaders, there's no official website, but it sounds like they get their message out to one another online and there was even a forum on Reddit that they've closed outsiders so it sounds like there's some maybe criticism here or so what's happening in there
2: well yeah we we were kind of watching it yesterday when they kind of announced that it would be coming on so we were on this it's a subreddit and i guess the reddit people don't much care for that but it's uh they were you know chattering and as you can imagine there were more than a few commenters from Colorado who were, um, let's say less than enthusiastic and unwelcoming <laughs> to, uh, the <laughs> idea of, you know, 10,000 people gathering in the natural forest for a, uh, week long party. So they, I, they shut that down today. You can't actually see what they're talking about in there. Um, so that's kind of, uh, been a little shift, but I, I think back in the day, they used to have a phone number that you would call and they and then you know they would have sort of regional gatherings so it was word of mouth and it was probably mailings and signs up and you know hippie communes or who knew how they did it pre-internet but now you know just like any kind of online community they're pretty loosely based and there's no one really to uh to to organize you know this these events but What's interesting is the forest service actually has a national incident management team that follows this group around every year. You know, there's 40 something forest service law enforcement personnel who uh, go to all these events, track them, attend each one, you know, write some tickets and kind of just loosely police, you know, they they obviously can't write 10,000 tickets and they're obviously not going to arrest 10,000 people. So it makes it kind of a challenge on their front. And that, you know, they, their point is that they should be able to have the right to assemble on public lands at any time. Uh, Forest Service obviously has rules about public gatherings, and they want you to get a permit. And um, since there is no Rainbow Family boss, then there's nobody to actually sign for a permit or apply for a permit. So it's kind of an interesting dynamic in terms of this relationship, and it's largely antagonistic between the Rainbow Family and the Forest Service, obviously. Um but there's, you know, they have as many as 500 people after each event that kind of stick around and fill in their, you know, pit, toilet, latrine sort of stuff and replant grasses and do all this stuff. They have medical care. They have, uh, you know, different, a whole bunch of different camps divided across the, you know, as many as, you know, 2,000, 3,000 acres of public land out in the middle of the forest. And as you can imagine, some concerns in Colorado are largely focused around wildfire um you know there's just a lot of valid concern over 20,000 plus people camping in the middle of the woods and what how that might i don't know spark a
4: wildfire so so it sounds like they clean up after themselves and they they may also be concerned with the environment as well um but the wildfire is an issue because that's something you know wildfires are obviously wildfires because they're kind of out of our control
2: sure and I went to like you know the Denver Library and had them pull up some you know 1972 Denver Post articles, Rocky Mountain News articles, um, and 1992 articles, and I got a report from the Forest Service in 1992. And you know they a lot of the response from Forest Service officials are, wow, this wasn't as bad as we thought it was. Um, you know they they did a decent job of cleaning up. You know it's going to take up whatever a season or two of growing in the in the meadows to kind of repair. Damaged grasses or, or things like that, but largely, it's they don't seem to have too much. Uh, you know, they don't seem to have as much of an impact as you would expect if 10,000 people just randomly gathered in the woods for a week-long party. But they're, gosh, we've really changed a lot since 1972, 1992, and even 2006. There's a lot more people in this state, and there's a lot more concerns in these smaller rural communities over, you know, camping. We're writing almost every week about new reservation systems and ways that local communities are cracking down on, on, you know, sort of random camping and free-for-all camping around their towns out of a rational fear of wildfire and people not controlling their campfires and that causing, you know, some significant impacts to natural resources. So, we're in, we're in a different time, but then you know, I guess you could say we've been in a different time forever. <laughs> and no community has ever, you know, stood up and celebrated the arrival of the rainbow family it's not like they're courted and and you know ex- people get excited when they come and move into the national forest you know <laughs> on the edge of town hardly a uh, hardly cause for celebration but um talk to folks in grand county and arapaho national forest and they're on alert and they're paying attention apparently the rainbow folks send like a scouting party that'll come out and kind of identify a a final area. Um, They like open meadows, they need a water source. So they find this no spot and then they, you know, that's where they're going to gather. And no one has really been able to stop them from gathering for 50 years. So it's pretty much once they decide where they're gonna be, that's, it all becomes about managing impacts and, and, you know, making sure that community resources, natural resources are somewhat protected.
4: How soon do you think folks will know when this is happening and where it's going to be? Um, reading some of the earlier reports, like in 92 and 2006,
2: the last time they were in Colorado, uh, officials seem to know as late as early June, so barely a month ahead of time. Um, you know, kind of the exact location is, has been noted. Um, it's interesting. I found some old documents from, from on a website that they have that uh, – from a scouting report when they were trying to figure out where in Colorado they wanted to go, and they ended up in Route County um, in 2006 uh, in the Route National Forest. Um, but they also looked at Grand County and the Arapahoe and identified a number of spots. So there's some spots, you know, Ute Park and Buffalo mm-hmm. Park out out by uh, Kremling, and um, there's some different locations that they've identified in Grand County before, so I wouldn't be surprised if they picked those as spots mm-hmm. that they'd return this summer.
4: So it sounds like its it actually could be kind of fun to uh, take a week off and uh, go camping in the national grounds. But um, So can anyone join this rainbow family? Yeah, uh,
2: they're open to all. It's all about peace, love, <laughs> harmony, respect for nature, that kind of stuff. Good old hippie mentality. Um, I don't know about a good time, though. If I go camping, <laughs> I kind of don't want to be around 10,000 people. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's fun. <laughs>
4: Well, thanks, thanks, Jason, for looking into this. It's it's an interesting, strange story that has popped up this week. So, I guess we'll find out more once the event actually uh, comes to be. So,
2: yeah, definitely, stay tuned.
4: Okay. Well, thanks again, Jason. And if you, if listeners want to catch a story online, it's good. Please go to coloradosun.com. Thanks.
7: Finally, here are a few stories that you should know about
5: today. 30,000 expected at Rainbow Gathering's 50th anniversary in Colorado, sparking wildfire concerns. Arapaho National Forest and Grand County officials suspect the annual rainbow gathering of the tribes could draw tens of thousands to remote federal land, sparking concerns about wildfire and impacts. By Jason Blevins with the Colorado Sun, April 1st, 2022. The Rainbow Gathering of the Tribes plans to return to Colorado this summer to celebrate its 50th anniversary. The weeks-long confab that draws tens of thousands of hippie campers to public lands announced this week that the national gathering of possibly 30,000 would be returning to Colorado. The group's national Bacchanal was last in Colorado in 2006 with about 10,000 people camping on Forest Service land in North Route County outside Steamboat Springs. Before that, there were 19,000 strong outside Paonia in 1992. The first national gathering was near Granby in 1972. The Rainbow Gathering has not yet said where in Colorado they plan to land for the late June-early July festival. But in fire-fearing mountain communities already cracking down on camping in crowds, opposition to the event is mounting with a focus on how tens of thousands of people camping together in the woods could spark a wildfire. This post on Reddit, Take Action Against the Rainbow Gathering, spurred 670 plus comments in less than 24 hours. You can guess the tone of those comments. There are no leaders of the Rainbow family. They don't have an HQ or even a formal website. No one to call and ask questions. Today's Rainbow is as loose as any other internet-connected community. They call themselves the largest non-organization of non-members in the world. And they closed their Reddit forum to outsiders on Thursday, as hundreds of commenters piled on with less-than-enthusiastic responses to the 50th annual gathering in Colorado. Many of the group's websites crashed Thursday as news spread of the Colorado events. The loose structure makes it hard for federal land managers and local communities to address impacts and plan for the pending party of hippies. The Forest Service, citing online chatter and posts, suspects the group could be planning to gather in Grand County in June and July. The original 1972 gathering occurred up there, so I think there is some potential desire to come back to Grand County for their 50th, said Reed Armstrong with the Arapaho and Roosevelt National Forests. Without a leadership structure, the Forest Service has not been able to enforce its rules requiring a permit for gatherings of more than 75 people on public land. The agency typically writes tickets for illegal camping during big rainbow rallies, but obviously rangers don't pen 10,000-plus citations at every gathering. The Rainbow Group has, since the 1970s, argued that it has a right to assemble on public lands. The National Forest has a national incident team that follows the Rainbow family's annual gatherings, which typically peak over the July 4th holiday. Last year's gathering was in the Carson National Forest near Taos, New Mexico. That team, mostly Forest Service law enforcement officers, works with local communities and local police. While the specific location won't be known until the Rainbow Family sends a scouting party to find a spot that provides open spaces near a water supply, the Forest Service and Grand County law enforcement are aware of the possible gathering. We bring, historically, a lot of resources to help protect the local community and help reduce the impact on the community and natural resources," Armstrong said. In 2006, a scouting report from the Rainbow Gathering explored possibly returning to Grand County and identified a handful of possible locations on Forest Service land, including Church Park, Red Dirt Reservoir, and Buffalo Park. One upside for the Rainbow Gathering impact, the Forest Service knows it's coming, unlike major wildfires like Cameron Peak and East Troublesome, the two largest wildfires in Colorado history that raged through portions of the Arapaho National Forest in 2020. So we can plan for it and prepare for it, Armstrong said. The impacts, however, can be the same. Slightly different, but the extent of the natural resource impacts can be similar, which is why we bring in an incident management team. Two overdoses, three babies at 1992 gathering. The 2006 gathering in the Route National Forest's Big Red Park near Clark drew 10,000 to 15,000 campers. The Forest Service had 42 members of its National Incident Management team watching the gathering and reported 218 citations in the weeks before the July 4th holiday peak. By the end of the event that number would top 500. Forest Service officials told the Denver Post they spent about $800,000 managing the event. The 1992 rainbow gathering on the Gunnison National Forest near Overland Reservoir above Paonia drew about 19,000 campers. The National Forest, which compiled a comprehensive report following the event, knew the exact location in early June and began working with about 500 Rainbow family members by the beginning of June. By July 1st, there were 4,000 cars parked in meadows around the reservoir. The 1992 gathering had medical facilities and 35 kitchens spread across about 2,500 acres for the gathering. Campers were dispersed into smaller camps aligned with different values. For example, there was a sister's camp, a fairy camp, a Krishna camp, and many camps for residents of specific areas. There's even an A camp for people who drink alcohol, which is discouraged by the Rainbow family. The report counted 310 traffic violations issued by the Forest Service, Delta County Sheriff's Office, and Colorado State Patrol. The report showed 43 arrests mostly for traffic issues and drugs. Two people were found dead from a prescription drug overdose. The report showed three babies were born during the gathering. A combination of federal, state, and local agencies reported spending more than $573,000 to manage the event. The Forest Service reported about 500 members of the group remained after everyone left to fill in 200 trenches that had been used as toilets and to plant shrubs and grasses damaged during the gathering. The damage really is minimal, and our assessment is no long-term or irreparable damage was done, Forest Service spokesman Matt Glasgow told the Rocky Mountain News after the event. The New York Times wrote about the first gathering near Strawberry Lake above Granby in July 1972. The event, which was on both private and Forest Service land, was billed as a religious festival, and about 3,000 people walked more than seven miles up to the remote location. Colorado's Governor John Love promised to prevent the gathering, but the blockade collapsed as thousands of young people hiked across the mountains to get there, reads the article. Local lawmakers in Grand County hastily assembled rules around sanitation and large gatherings in hopes of blocking the event. A local judge ruled no more participants could climb to the remote parcel in late June, but was ignored. They'll have to carry us out, a determined young girl told a Denver Post reporter, and they won't have enough jails to put us all in.
8: 2022
5: Rainbow Gathering Could Bring Destruction to Colorado's Forest by Kelsey Nisdell, April 1st, 2022, K99. Colorado serves as the hub for many different unique festivals and gatherings ranging in diversity from themes like multi-day music fests to Renaissance fairs and even cannabis celebrations. While most of these large gatherings are good for Colorado's economy and tourism, one that's currently planned for this summer has residents feeling a very opposite way. The 2022 Rainbow Gathering is expected to take place in Colorado and is predicted to bring approximately 30,000 people to the Centennial State. The unorganized group gathering has been happening for 50 years and has occurred in Colorado before. Since it has taken place in Colorado previously, including in Route National Forest back in 2006, officials and law enforcement know what to expect, and it's not good. Participants set up camp on public land and the counterculture festival lasts for weeks, sometimes even up to a month long. In years past, the hippies who are a part of Rainbow Gathering have caused extreme damage to Colorado's backcountry and forest lands. This is ironic in that the gathering is aimed to celebrate nature and life, yet the massive crowds wind up leaving the land completely destroyed. Tree branches are broken and used for fires, plus rangers are left to clean up excessive amounts of human and animal waste once the gathering is over. Even when the group has been denied permits in Colorado due to environmental and safety concerns, they've gone forth with the gathering regardless. During their time in Route National Forest, the group tallied up hundreds of violation notices issued by Forest Service officers. Some of these included drug-related charges, as well as illegal occupancy and use of a national forest. Although Colorado has been selected as the rumored location for the 2022 gathering, the exact location has yet to be revealed. Some reddit threads are hinting it could possibly take place somewhere near Walden, Granby, or Golden, but those are just speculations. Another huge worry about the event taking place in the Centennial State is the risk of fi- it poses for fire danger, especially in the backcountry or forest. Plus, in addition to having a negative impact on Colorado's important natural resources, residents are also concerned about the potential of criminals coming to the state the rainbow gathering was held in carson national forest in new mexico last year rainbow family may infiltrate grand county this summer by tracy ross sky high news april 1st 2022 multiple colorado newspapers are reporting on the possibility of the rainbow family which bills itself as a loose-knit group without leadership or organization who gather on national forests to discuss political and environmental issues pray for world peace and celebrate life holding its annual gathering in grand county this summer The Sky High News spoke with representatives from the Grand County Sheriff's Office, the Grand County Commissioners, and a local fire agency, and were told that as the family doesn't choose its summer site until a council later in the spring, it is too early to know with any certainty where it will be held. The Sheriff's Office added that it is engaged in preliminary discussion with the United States Forest Service as the event would most likely be on public lands. Our local, state and federal partners will be prepared should the event materialize and we will strive to minimize the local impacts it could bring to our community. One Sky High reporter attended the 2006 Rainbow Gathering in Route County and with on-the-ground experience has insights into how these events unfold. We will draw on these insights as we continue reporting on this Developing story. In the meantime, we will report on facts in an effort to avoid spreading potentially undue stress in the Grand County community. The U.S. Forest Service is the lead agency in this matter, as these events have historically taken place in its jurisdiction. In early March, the Forest Service released a statement saying that should the event take place, we will bring in a significant number of additional resources to assist with this event. As the Grand County community continues to recover from the devastating 2020 wildfires and the impacts of the COVID-19 pandemic, the advantage that we have is knowing about this potential event. This gives us ample time to work together to plan and prepare for it. With Rainbow Family Gathering 2022 potentially to be held in Colorado, Forest Service explains what they do to monitor. A location has not been confirmed, but rumors point to the gathering taking place in Grand County, both the Sheriff's Office and US Forest Service acknowledge. 9 News by Luis De Leon, April 2, 2022. While it's not yet confirmed, rumors swirling around social media suggest the 50th anniversary of the Rainbow Family Gathering could take place in Colorado, and local and national office officials have taken notice. We are aware of the likelihood of the 2022 World Rainbow Family Gathering happening in Colorado and the possibility it could take place in Grant County, said Grant County Sheriff Brett Schrotland in a statement. While it is too early to know with any certainty, it is our understanding that historically the location of the gathering is not determined till after their spring council in June. He adds that they're in preliminary discussions with the United States Forest Service as the event would most likely be on public lands. Our local, state, and federal partners will be prepared should the event materialize, and we will strive to minimize the local impacts it could bring to our community, the statement read. The Forest Service actually has a specific incident management team to handle monitoring the events while partnering with local law enforcement wherever they take place. Nine News sat down with that team's public information officer to better understand their experience with the group's gatherings and what to expect if it indeed comes to Colorado. What is the Rainbow Family Gathering? Hilary Markin with the Forest Service has been with the National Rainbow Incident Management Team since 2019 and helps monitor the event with their safety plans. So they're a loose-knit group of people who typically gather on national forests to kind of pray for world peace, celebrate life, discuss political and environmental issues. That's kind of what our understanding is of the group, she said. Reportedly, locals near where the gatherings happen look down on the Rainbow Family gathering participants because of the amount of time they spend on natural lands. The people within the group have been described as hippies, and and hundreds of violation notices have reportedly been issued by local authorities. The first gathering took place in 1972 in Grand County, suggesting that for its 50th anniversary, the group would set up there again. In 2019, the gathering took place in northern Wisconsin, and there was a gathering in New Mexico in 2021. Come June, Markin said the group will hold its vision council where the location is usually announced. Uh, in recent years, the Forest Service expects anywhere between two and 10,000 people, but Markin says it depends on the location and how easy it is to access that location. We do have criteria that we typically look for when we're working with them. Most of those that have been there before are aware what we're looking for, and they ultimately, you know, they're by and large peaceful group. They want to learn about the local area and work with us to protect it, Markin said. However, a large gathering in a natural forest in Colorado comes with risks, Markin acknowledges. Risks. Typically, a group larger than 75 people would need a special use permit from the Forest Service. But, because there's no governing body or a single leader for the gathering, Markin explained that it poses challenges. An organized group that has a leader, you know, then you come to the National Forest and apply for a special use permit, and then we work through the special use design criteria to see is this event going to be permitted on the National Forest? What kind of stipulations will be put in place? And we issue you a special use permit if we can agree upon the different criteria that we're looking for," she explained. Instead, they treat the gathering as an incident just like we would for a fire or all other risk incidents. We bring in an incident management team that's familiar with how these work and really focus on protecting the natural resource and protecting the visitors that are on the national forest, Markin said, acknowledging the environmental risks that come with a large gathering in the forest. Trees are always a big concern of where is all this waste going to go and so we've got design criteria of how to deal with those waste. How far away from water sources, all of that, those specifics go in to try to protect the natural resources. And then we have our law enforcement officers and our resource protection folks out there making sure that they're complying with that design criteria, Markin explained. Like, what areas would we say no to if the Rainbow family would like to go to a certain area? There may be a protected area or wilderness or something like that, and we would restrict them from going there. Regarding wildfire concerns, Markin says they're usually prepared for a fire risk, and staff is heightened when there is a fire risk. Depending on what the fire danger level is. We have fire staff happening on the forest just naturally. That's an automatically occurring thing. But we know we have an incident happening. If we know that fire danger is higher, we will set up that staffing level so we're connected," she said. Markin brought up an example from 2019 when her team explained to gathering goers about milkweed, an important plant to the monarch butterfly, and she recalled several members going around trying to protect those plants. When it comes to parking, Markin explained that the event turns into a sort of traffic operation. So that's a big thing when they do choose a location is thinking about parking and traffic flow for the incident. You know, if it's a one-way-in and a one-way-out situation, where is it safe for cars to park to maintain ingress and egress in and out of that location? So we put up no parking signs, so it becomes kind of a traffic management thing," she said, adding that they make sure a path for emergency vehicles is available. While the team has prepared, year after year, they usually don't get much notice where exactly the gathering is planned. The guessing game. As officials keep a close eye as to where the event will be, Markin said it's usually pretty difficult to pinpoint in advance. And so it's really challenging to decipher what's real and what's not when you're reading the different sites and areas until they actually put out the, you know, this is where Vision Council decided on and here's where we're going to land. You don't get much information, she said. Markin shared a story of 20... 19, where they had established the incident management team at a spot they thought they would be, but were actually 50 miles away since the group had moved at the last second. And they chose a great spot where they ended up, but we were planning for them to be about 50 miles to the south originally, and then they came up north further, Markin said. Overall, Markin said a plan will be in place for when the group announces its location. We work with the forest where this incident is going to occur, and we put a resource protection plan in place as if it was a special use permit, she said.
3: Let's start with this. Who is the Rainbow family and what's the big deal?
9: So they are a loose-knit group of people um, who typically gather on national forests to kind of um, pray for world peace, celebrate life, um, discuss political and environmental issues.
3: That's Hillary Markin is with the Forest Service's incident management team specifically formed to follow them. They expect anywhere between two and 10,000 people to show up for the annual summer gathering. The last time they were in Colorado, 2006 in Route County. One of the few ways that people could keep up with the group was through a subreddit that's been set to private. But the four services preparing for it to possibly end up in Colorado once again, specifically Grand County, where the first ever gathering happened in nineteen seventy two. For them, the exact location is sort of a guessing game every year. But
9: it makes it really challenging for us to plan to work with them um, to get a resource protection plan on the ground.
3: But when the plan is set, they always treat it as an incident. Just
9: like we would a fire um, or other all risk incident. Um, we bring in an incident management team that's familiar with how these work and really focus on protecting the natural resources and protecting the visitors that are um, on the National Forest.
3: A main concern is a bunch of people in one spot of the forest when Colorado's wildfire behavior has kicked up in recent years.
9: If we know that fire danger is higher, we will up that staffing level. And so we're connected. We call kind of resource protection officers out there on the ground that work with them. We try to educate them. Um, to, again, it's all about protecting the natural resources um, that they're utilizing for this gathering and leaving as minimal impact as
3: possible. That's so the understanding of both the Forest Service and Grand County Sheriff that there's something called the Spring Vision Council That's held around in mid-June and that's where exactly the location is announced for where the gathering will be. Officials keep a close eye on that and then they deploy resources as soon as they know. Steve, they also treat this in part as a traffic operation putting up no parking signs among other things. Yeah, No parking for this. At this point Luis, they must know that law enforcement knows about this. They certainly do. Not a surprise anymore. It's what the Forest Service calls a non-sanctioned event. Basically groups bigger than 75 people have to get a special use permit but because there's no one single leader or really a body for this it's hard for them to really plan or implement that so they prepare for the gathering instead. It will be interesting to watch their response. Luis de Leon, thank you.
10: the rainbow family gatherings they started in colorado dozens of years ago this year it'll reportedly be back and we spoke to an attendee who says that they're going or they're planning rather on having 80,000 people gather in one of our forest lands listen to what he had to say about what this event is all about
3: and we call ourselves a family though we're not related by blood we're we're related by our common goal and our common interest in prayer for world peace because that is what the rainbow gathering is entirely centered around
10: Harris show has been to Rainbow Family Gatherings for 12 years now. He, along with thousands of others, they typically gather for an entire week. This year, they plan to do that between July 1st and July 7th. They say they haven't chosen the forest land they plan to gather in just yet, but they have chosen our state. And despite being an event focused on quote praying for world peace, these gatherings they've been controversial in the past. Coloradans who've gotten word about the gathering being here say they worry about that wildfire danger, even cleanliness, but says these are concerns that are currently being worked out.
3: We do a lot of liaison work with the National Forest Service, both with the law enforcement end and with the, uh, the natural resource end to make sure that we're um, being careful of uh, sensitive environments in the area that we're going to be in, whether that be wildlife uh, plant life or uh, a, a fragile water source.
10: So we reached out to the U.S. Forest Service. They heard about the gathering potentially being in Grand County and said in part, quote, this is not a permitted or sanctioned event. The Rainbow family has consistently refused to comply with the permit process during national gatherings. We want to assure the community that we are working with our partners and cooperators to prepare for the possibility of a large extended gathering in Colorado. And we also reached out to Grand County officials as well as state officials. Both say they are aware of the possibility of this event being in our state. They say they plan to ramp up these coordinated efforts with other agencies as we get closer to that expected gathering date, which again is in July. In Denver, I'm Veronica, Costa, September seven.
5: The Economics of the Rainbow Family of Living Light by Patrick Brower for Sky High News, April 9th, 2022. There's a business angle to the imminent return of the Rainbow Family of Living Light to Grand County this summer. Press reports and hearsay are stating that the family is planning a 50-year reunion of its first gathering in Grand County, which took place in June and July of 1972. That gathering, which has also become known as the Strawberry Festival, because much of it took place at Strawberry Bench, has achieved the status of near-mythical folklore among the legends of Grand County's past. And now, the Rainbow family is coming back. As they say, past is prelude. The gathering was resonant all over the state and the region. Remember, 1972 was a year that some would say was the peak of the hippie era in America. Yes, the 60s are known for the, as the hippie decade, but it was the early 70s when hippydom and all of its counterculture splendor really consumed the American consciousness. Based on the press reaction and coverage I've seen this week, it still consumes the American and regional consciousness. The Forest Service is worried about permitting, local government is worried about the big crowds, if they even arrive in large numbers, and the world in general is freaked out, to coin a phrase from that era. This pre-event freakout isn't dissimilar to what happened here 50 years ago. The festival back then was billed as a gathering of peace where the event-goers would participate in a 4,000-year-old peace dance based on Native American traditions with the spirits of the dead all to be fulfilled at Lake Granby, coined as the center of the universe. A crowd would ohm in unison at the given sunrise moment and world peace would be enhanced. At least that was the idea. I get the impression that it was mostly a good-spirited and well-intentioned gathering that was all about peace, love, and understanding. But the fear and anxiety news of the gathering then, provoked, made it seem like Attila the Hun had announced an impending invasion of the county. Petitions were circulated, urging then-Governor John Love to stop the hippie picnic, the so-called Universal Life Church Meeting of Peace. People believed that 140,000 hippies would descend on the county. A total of 548 people signed the petition. The gathering was ultimately permitted, but with strict limitations on crowd sizes on public land and times of activities. If it wasn't for Granby, Granby local Paul Geisendorfer, who offered land his family owned in Granby and at Strawberry Bench, a private national forest in holding owned by his family, for the longer gatherings and camping, the Strawberry Festival might have been a colossal flap, Flop. But it wasn't, and it's still talked about today, even without a reunion event. Good for business? Yes. Once again, Grand County's gotten lots of free publicity in regional and national news. You can't buy that kind of viral exposure. Will these hippies bring money to spend? Well, not all of them. But remember, the hippies of yesterday are in some cases the investment bankers, Silicon Valley millionaires, and top-level bureaucrats of today. They just might bring money, and they just might want to lease... And use some of our abundant short-term rentals and condos. We know that not all these types will be rich, but they will come and enjoy our landscape. I hope in a non-impactful way. We'll see. Perhaps local merchants can come up with Rainbow Family and Strawberry Festival-themed merchandise. Tacky, I know, but it's one idea. And now I wonder about the infamous motorcycle gang riot and celebration that shut down Grand Lake for two days in early July of 1975. Will those gangs, seeing the rainbows return, come back to relive the crazy days of their youth? It might not be bad, because Harley-Davidson riders today are more likely to be orthodontists and business professionals than the rough-and-tumble gang members of yesteryear. Let's start planning now. Grand County Commissioners release Statement on Rainbow Gathering. Tracy Ross, Sky High News, April 13th, 2022. The Grand County Board of County Commissioners sent a statement to the Sky High News upon request Wednesday, April 13th, that says the board has been made aware by the U.S. Forest Service that the 2022 Rainbow Family Gathering could occur in Grand County, that it will not make allowances for an unpermitted event on public land by the USFS, and that it does not support the gathering. In a phone call regarding the statement, District 2 Commissioner Merritt Linky said he had talked to some of the Forest Service high-ups and that they don't feel there is much support to oppose the gathering. He said that's because the Rainbows could go somewhere else, to a more remote area that would have less backup than Grand County does. Kind of the consensus unofficially is that they're coming and we can do the best we can to prepare, even though we won't know if they will come until the last minute, Linky added. But they're a very unstructured group with no legal status or organized structure they're not an official church group and they don't have any true leadership so preparing in advance would be hard to do when asked what the county will do to prepare should they learn definitively that the rainbows are coming linky said A lot of it from the county side has to do with trying to get extra personnel and costs covered. The Rainbows are bad about paying bills like EMS response or hospitalization. We'll also need additional law enforcement services, which is money out of Grand County taxpayers' pockets. So we're trying to make sure the Forest Service will help us with some federal funding. And really, in terms of managing it, it's making sure we can call on our neighboring counties. There are lots of mutual aid agreements with sheriffs and municipal departments across the state, so that seems our best bet word circulating around the state is that the rainbow family is coming to grand county this summer to celebrate the fiftieth anniversary of its first gathering which took place at strawberry lake historically the family has waited until mid-june to send a scouting party to potential gathering sites Linky said they can't legally hold a gathering on strawberry lake anymore because it's in a national recreation area which forbids such gatherings The statement also said, We hear and share our community's concern about the potential for this highly concentrated and localized event on USFS lands. At the scale discussed by the USFS, if the gathering takes place here, it could bring additional wildfire risk to the community due to prolonged drought and the magnitude of fuels from beetle killed trees, grasses, and undergrowth. Grand County has been significantly impacted by recent wildfires that burned more than 225,000 acres of our land destroyed nearly 400 homes, and burned all four watershed basins. These burn areas are still in the early phases of recovery, with anticipated additional flood-after-fire threats this summer. Updates will follow as the BOCC learn more from the Forest Service, the statement said. How the U.S. Forest Service is preparing for the Rainbow Family's 50th anniversary festivities in Colorado. The Federal Agency Launched an Incident Management Team to Deal with the Potential Conflict by Sam Tabachnik, The Denver Post, April 18, 2022. Confused about the Rainbow Family and the group's possible 50th anniversary celebration in Colorado this summer? The U.S. Forest Service has you covered and is mobilizing a national incident management team to handle the potential festivities. Word has trickled out in recent weeks about the hippie group's possible month-long celebration in Colorado, prompting federal authorities to launch a website with all the vitals on the Rainbow Family of Living Light and their quirky festivities. The Forest Service also launched the incident management team to work with the local community and law enforcement to protect the health and safety of everybody involved and to lessen environmental impacts to the site by providing information and enforcing laws. The group, whose members say they stand for peace and love, celebrated their inaugural festival in 1972 near Strawberry Lake outside Granby. Since that first gathering, the Rainbow family has come together annually on different national forest lands with crowds ranging from 2,000 to 10,000 visitors. Vice once called the festivities a weird version of Burning Man, mixing bikers, Jesus freaks, computer programmers, naked yogis, and gutter punks looking to escape the thralls of everyday life. Past gatherings in Colorado led to trespassing and illegal camping charges and reported drug use. The gathering usually coincides with the 4th of July, the Forest Service said, but the event's specific location and time frame is not typically revealed to the federal agency until mid-June, after the group's spring council. A final location for this year's celebration has not been set, the Forest Service said. The Rainbow Family Group consistently refused to comply with permitting laws for previous gatherings, according to the Forest Service. They claim to have no leaders and no one member of the family who can speak for the group to sign a permit on behalf of the family, the federal agency said on its website. The Forest Service put together a resource protection plan to ensure environmental damage is minimized and stipulates that the Rainbow Family clean up the area after the festivities. But people can expect Socially unacceptable behavior from some of the attendees, the Forest Service warned, including public nudity, civil disobedience, drug and alcohol abuse, and confrontations between rainbows and locals. Statement on the United States Forest Service webpage, 2022 Rainbow Family of Living Light National Gathering, as of April 19th, 2022. The Rainbow Family of Living Light plans to hold its 50th anniversary gathering on a national forest this summer, possibly in Colorado. The Rainbow family is a loose-knit group of people from throughout the United States and other countries who gather annually on a national forest. Since the first gathering near Strawberry Lake on the Arapaho National Forest in 1972, the incident has taken place on a different national forest each year. Crowds typically range from 2,000 to 10,000 forest visitors. While there have been indications on social media and the web that the group desires to return to the Arapaho National Forest for its 50th anniversary, the specific location and time frame of the national gathering is not typically revealed to the Forest Service until mid-June when the Rainbow family holds a spring council. The gathering usually coincides with the 4th of July with peak activity in the days immediately before and after the holiday. In response, the USDA Forest Service mobilizes a national incident management team with experience managing these types of incidents. The team works closely with the local community, including law enforcement agencies, throughout the incident to protect the health and safety of everyone involved and to lessen environmental impacts to the site by providing information and enforcing laws. The Forest Service requires a special use permit for every public group of 75 people or more conducting a meeting or event on national forest system lands. The Rainbow family has consistently refused to comply with the permit process during national gatherings. They claim to have no leaders and no one member of the family who can speak for the group to sign a permit on behalf of the family. The Forest Service has periodically cited Rainbow Family members for failing to obtain a permit. However, in the interest of public health and safety, the Forest Service puts together a resource protection plan, including specific design criteria to ensure sensitive resources are protected, environmental damage is minimized, and it stipulates post-event cleanup and rehabilitation of the incident location conducted by the Rainbow Family. An event of this size can have significant impacts on traffic, communities, local resources, residents, and visitors. Local businesses can expect to see large numbers of Rainbow Family participants visiting stores and buying food and supplies along routes to the gathering site. Forest and county roads in the selected area may become congested during the incident, and road closures and or traffic detours may occur on the selected National Forest. Contact. Public information, questions, and concerns. Email sm.fs.rainbowimt at usda.gov. Phone 970-364-2201. Frequently asked questions. What is the Rainbow Family of Living Light? The Rainbow Family is a loose-knit group of people who gather on national forests to discuss political and environmental issues, pray for world peace, and celebrate life. They describe themselves as having no leaders and no organization. What is the National Gathering? The Rainbow Family holds a national gathering once a year. Since 1972, the event has taken place on a different national forest during the July 4th holiday and has fluctuated in size. In recent years, national gatherings have attracted approximately 2,000 to 10,000 people. Local and regional gatherings occur during other times of the year. How does the Rainbow Family decide where to gather? At the end of each annual gathering, members form a vision council which meets to discuss the location of the next year's event. During the following year, a spring council meets to determine the final location of the national gathering. At the 2022 spring council, the Rainbow Family will agree on where the gathering will be held. Final locations have not yet been set. How and when is the specific site selected? During the spring and early summer, Rainbow Family Scouts research and visit areas to find a suitable site according to their standards. Scouts may visit local Forest Service offices requesting information and maps. In mid-June, the Spring Council occurs, often at the location of the annual gathering. The specific place and time is not revealed to the Forest Service until it happens. What resource impacts may occur? Possible resource impacts include compacted soil, water quality degradation, sanitation issues, disturbances to sensitive archaeological sites, disruptions to threatened and endangered plant and animal species, and fire danger. When does the national gathering begin? Within one week of the Spring Council, about 1,000 to 2,000 attendees arrive on site. The crowd grows, often reaching 2,000 to 10,000 people by July 4th. Once the site is determined, the Rainbow Family uses the Internet and other communication methods to let Rainbow Family members know the location and directions to the site. When does the gathering end? The event peaks on July 4th. After that, attendance declines drastically. However, a group of rainbows stay to clean up and rehabilitate the site. Other people may also remain for a couple of weeks. How does a large group, potentially 2,000 to 10,000 people, live in the woods? as soon as rainbow family members select a site they set up a welcome tent camping and social areas parking and shuttle areas health care areas and several outdoor kitchens they develop water sources and dig trench latrines there is no fee for attendance but they collect donations for food and other necessary items for distribution they designate special areas for group gatherings families with children men women and party goers to name a few attendees are advised to bring their own camping gear Family members use campfires exclusively to cook. Did the Rainbow family get a permit? No. Why is the Forest Service cooperating with an event that doesn't have a permit? The Forest Service requires a special use permit for every group of 75 or more people conducting a meeting or event on National Forest System lands. The Rainbow family has consistently refused to comply with the permit process during national gatherings since they claim to have no leaders and no one member who can speak for the group or sign a permit on behalf of the family. The Forest Service has periodically cited Rainbow family members for failing to obtain a permit. However, the agency also works with the family to adhere to a resource protection plan in lieu of a special use permit to protect the health and safety of individuals at the gathering and in the surrounding community to ensure sensitive resources are protected, to minimize any environmental damage, and to coordinate post-event cleanup and rehabilitation of the event site why can the rainbow family members camp for more than 14 days most of our national forests have a 14 day camping limit including both developed sites developed campgrounds and dispersed sites non-developed campgrounds or sites the majority of participants will not be at the event for more than 14 days it would be impossible to track thousands of individuals and their stay lengths what social impacts are expected The Rainbow family represents a very diverse group of individuals. As with any large population, a certain percentage of gathering participants can be expected to engage in illegal or socially unacceptable behavior. Some activities may include public nudity, civil disobedience, drug and alcohol abuse, confrontations between Rainbows and locals, abandoned or disabled vehicles, and traffic, congestion, and parking for 4,000 to 7,000 vehicles. Can the rainbows use campfires if fire restrictions are in place? The participants must abide by all local, state, and federal laws, including fire restrictions. How does the Forest Service manage this event? The Rocky Mountain region is currently creating a national incident management team. NIMT objectives will include address health and safety risks to the public and participants, minimize environmental impacts with law enforcement presence and action, recognize and mitigate social and political impacts, respect civil rights of all members of the public. Management of the event is being fully integrated with local officials. The incident management team is working in partnership with state, county, and local law enforcement, health, and other organizations. Informational meetings involving the NIMT, the Forest Service, Federal, State, and local agencies and entities will occur as needed. Where possible, the local forest also assists Rainbow members in locating potentially suitable sites for their gatherings before they occur. Is Resource Protection Plan in place? A resource protection plan is currently being issued with the following primary goals. Protecting public health and safety, minimizing resource impacts and leaving the site at or near pre-gathering conditions, reducing effects on and disruption to local communities, adjacent landowners and other special use permittees. Issues addressed in the resource protection plan include designating parking areas to facilitate traffic flow, locating camps, kitchens and slit trenches away from water sources removing trash and rehabilitating the site after the gathering who will rehabilitate the area after the gathering the rainbow family is responsible for site rehabilitation guidelines are outlined in the outlined in the resource protection plan at past events many individuals have stayed to assist in site cleanup and have paid for trash disposal with a local vendor Forest Service officials anticipate this will occur again this year What role does the state and county play in this event? Event management is being fully integrated with local officials, including all tribal, federal, state, county, and local law enforcement agencies, as well as emergency service organizations, public health departments, and social services. Are special closure orders in effect? The forest may issue special closure orders to protect the health and safety of visitors and or natural resources that could be impacted by the incident. Will the area be open to the public? Yes. However, all national forest visitors must obey federal, state, and local laws and regulations. The Forest Service takes the enforcement of these laws very seriously. The gathering may impact the community, neighbors, and other forest visitors. The Forest Service will work hard to minimize any negative effects to local communities and the environment. Does the Forest Service test the water? The Forest Service does conduct water quality testing as part of the regular monitoring procedures. If during those tests the data indicates there is a problem, the appropriate health departments will be contacted. What makes the Forest Service think the event may occur in Colorado or Grand County? The Rainbow Family held its first gathering 50 years ago at Strawberry Lake on the Arapaho National Forest. The Forest Service is aware, based on information posted on various websites and social media used by Rainbow Family members, that the 2022 National Rainbow Family Gathering could occur in Colorado, possibly on the Arapaho National Forest, in recognition of the 50th anniversary. The specific site or time frame is typically not known until the group holds its spring council in June.
8: Let's watch, Let's watch a full-length movie on you too. With Mike, speagle by Let's watch a full-length movie on you With Mike, speagle man. Let's watch hi. This is Carl. I wrote this song. Folks to call the French duh, not the duh. The duh. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube.
11: With Mike Spiegel, let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. With Mike Spiegel, hey, let's watch a full length movie with Mike Spiegel. On muniradio.fm where we stream live every Sunday at 2 p.m. Today is November 10th, 2019, and my name is Mike Spiegelman. November 4. No. <sighs> Let's try this again. <laughs> Today is Sunday, November 10th, 2019.
8: Well, how do you do that? You just have a time <sighs> machine. It's great. I love it.
11: Don't call attention. This is pre-recorded. I'm here uh, live in the studio in the flesh. Carl Right
8: And I'm in Georgia At a wedding <laughs> That's where you're going
11: to be Well we want to Welcome to the show How do I explain How do we explain The premise
8: mm, mm, Right yes. What is I mean you hear Let's watch a full length Movie on YouTube And you just don't know you What think, does it mean?
11: Man I should rip That idea off Well go ahead I dare you <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> You're not the first We
8: stole it first Yeah
11: We, we, we came up with the idea To steal it first uh but you did. Enough bitter grapes We're going to watch A full length movie On YouTube The idea is that These are movies We read about we Never got to see Until they got posted On YouTube Some of them Are so special That it's impossible To watch on your own They're so bad mm-hmm. Yeah <laughs> So uh, hey uh, Not to change the subject What movie are we Watching today?
8: Wait aren't you Going to do the L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-G Blogspot.com And all that
11: Yes We want you to subscribe our podcast. So go to your podcast machine, simply type in L W A F L M O Y T. That's the name of our Twitter account. That's the name of our YouTube account. Uh, Our Facebook is Let's Watch Full Length Movie on YouTube. And we're on Blogspot. Let's Watch Full Length Movie on YouTube. com. Not been uh, updated. Anyway. What can I tell you about that So uh, Carl what is the movie we're going to watch today Try, Stop delaying okay. it let's watch this already
8: Alright we are going to watch Cars Life 2 it, C-A-R apostrophe S Life 2 uh, And I recommend Night Owl Alright let's see L's.
11: Ooh. Okay there's Night Owl Three L's Cars Life 2 from DVD RIP mm-hmm. So many things wrong with that
8: Full movie in parentheses Cars Life 2 Apostrophe S And hosted by Night Owl Owl.
11: Now I gotta say that I know this movie Because it is a staple If you have premium cable And you have like the multiple channels They tend to fill out the day By airing Not A Bug's Life Not Cars (laughs) 2 A Cars Life 2 Right Oh my god, that sounds so odious <laughs> Oh boy, so you watched this, huh? Oh yeah And you took meticulous notes
8: <laughs> I took notes, alright
11: This movie is like the bottom of the pile Like, I I, I, have a, I, have a movie in my mind Which will be our final movie But this would mm-hmm. be our penultimate movie In my list of things You know, like we're wrapping it up. We just don't give a shit. Let's watch *A Cars Life*. <laughs> oh man!
8: Well, we've watched *Godfather*. We've watched *Terminator*. We've we've done. Yeah, we the...
11: watched some good movies, but mm-hmm. not tonight. This ain't one of them. Oh, speaking of which, I accidentally hit the wrong button. Uh, as we chit chat, I'm getting ready to uh, get our countdown prepared. should have done this before okay. I walked in. Wouldn't that be better? There's so many different yeah, movie choices on here. Well, oh, I did it again. I keep hitting Futs.
8: Let's watch a-
11: We don't want to watch Futs. <laughs> Futs is one of the movies that's on our YouTube channel. But we have. Yeah. We're going to do the countdown. Normally we do this in person with Paul Brumbaugh, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, able-bodied mouth breather before us, but he is the not countdown here. King. So uh, I got a demo. So so let's listen to the Countdown Kings Paul's intro. And when he gives you the cue, go ahead. We want you to get Cars Life 2 ready. You have it paused. Buffered up. Zero, 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 zero. And when Paul gives you the go-to, go to it. As says we're done buffering. All right, so let's get this started. I am, I am ready. It was a live show. We're very excited to have Paul here as our countdown gentleman. Let's get ready to brumba,
3: ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let's get ready to brumba. Okay,
7: so let's get ready to brumba. And now, what you've all been waiting for, master of the descending numerals, the countdown king himself would you please welcome mr paul brumbaugh all
3: right guys you know the drill put that finger right over that triangle and do it in three
7: two two, one go go. all
11: right thank you paul Brumbaugh.
8: we are launched yes spark plug
11: it looks like a pile of poop on top of pancakes
8: (laughs) (laughs) on top of pancakes yeah
11: where else would poop be Oh, this looks uh, real. This I thought this was an animated movie. This is real life.
1: Wow.
8: Here comes our hero, the not red lot, car.
11: Not a lot of traffic today.
8: Well, the interstate isn't Sparky, coming through, Sparky. you see. And that's going to be part of the uh, Sparky, plot. The interstate's going to come it. through. No, we don't. Oh,
0: no. Everyone speeds. Really? No. She's gonna learn sooner or later.
11: These are cars talking, Pre-seed by the way. This isn't like puppets.
6: Nonsense. Oh.
11: They're driving like four miles per hour. Yeah, because dad
0: wants to you
8: go the speed limit. Blast, but you
11: don't know uh, so let's uh you've seen the movie Cars, maybe Cars Two, Cars 3 mm-hmm. Sparky, no! The logic between the the world is is baffling, right? Yeah, I'm sure like they have these uh, racing lots where the bleachers are, can fit parked cars. Right. And one car has a, of course, one famous car has a mattress tied to its top.
8: For who? So I I couldn't tell you, but see, if there was no Cars movie, no Cars 2 movie, no Cars 3 movie, this movie would not exist because this guy, his name is Michael Shelp. And he's CEO of Sparkplug Entertainment. And he basically, whatever Pixar's doing or whatever the animated hit is, he makes his own titled version. It's his own movie. Right. But with the same title.
11: So can I guess uh, with a couple...
8: A, with a knockoff title.
11: Can I guess a couple of his
8: movies? Oh, okay. So you um, have... You have An Ant's Life. What's that based on?
11: A Bug's Life.
8: You have Spider's Web, A Pig's Tail. <laughs> 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 that's right
11: Charlotte's Web
8: is it Charlotte's yeah. Web oh, my you God. have um, you, you have T-I-A-L? Plan B Plan B
11: oh that's when he knocked up his wife and they weren't really expecting to have kids so she took this pill yeah. right
8: <laughs> well of course that's the B movie there's Piper Penguin and this fantastic flying machine
11: wait wait back up Plan B is a rip off of the B movie
8: Yeah, B E E,
1: 2007. Ooh.
8: There's Frankie Stein. Uh huh. There's Frankie Weenie. There's Operation Dalmatian.
11: Is it that 101 Dalmatians?
8: Toys Going Wild. Oh,
11: yeah, that's where uh, Woody takes his shirt off. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. The Adventures of
8: Scooter the Penguin. And Me Christmas. I don't know. He's just, uh, he's shameless about it. He's not embarrassed about it at all. Oh, well, I mean, kids got to be entertained. It's Walmart and Kmart. You already mentioned uh, Star's Premium Cable Channel.
11: Yeah, I saw this movie like every hour on the hour, mm-hmm. which is yep. baffling because there's nothing to look at. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> God damn it, Dad. Can't you fucking pull over? <laughs> oh, right. Sparky, the language.
8: Yeah, it's Sparky. That's exactly right. And Sparky is actually played uh, by, by nobody. somebody. Uh, by a no, by a big deal. The rest of them are nobodies.
11: Sparky's a big deal.
8: Yes, yeah, Sparky was. Uh, her name is Corrine. Corrine Orr. Corrine. And she was <laughs> Trixie and Speed Racer in the '60s.
11: Oh no shit. <laughs>
8: She's been on over two hundred animated movies, a thousand commercials. She's the Snuggie. You know, fabric softener, Snuggy the Bear. Oh, Snuggy.
11: Yeah. I wanna hug that bear so fucking much that <laughs> I can't even tell you.
8: Yeah. You talking about the it, fabric it softener it bear? Great. Oh my
11: yeah. god. I just the That's way he great. laughs, I just wanna squeeze the shit out of that bear. <laughs> Stop it. You're
8: suffocating me, Mike.
11: <laughs> oh, you're my favorite talking bear.
8: Not say- just Trixie, but she was also uh Speed's little brother Spurtle, oh, and eh. all the female voices oh. in that show. So she
11: wasn't good enough to be Racer X then, huh? Her other, his other brother.
8: She has a female voice. She was featured as an announcer in the live-action film. She wasn't oh. Trixie.
11: Have you it seen the live-action live action movie? <laughs> That's right.
8: I have seen it. It was fun. It's
11: two hours. Fucking just I know. relentless
8: it did you're right about that I, I say it was fun and it was in retrospect but during it it was like is this thing going to end it's
11: numbing it's so numbing it's like bright colors and flashiness and I just get like
8: yeah yeah. that track was like that track was great the first 15 minutes right uh, it was a right. big show but then when you were in it over and over and but over
11: they would, they would do the same effects as from the cartoon show and you go hey guys this is like an hour and 40 minutes into this movie enough Enough. You should, you should have done that in the first five
8: minutes. Stop. All we're missing right now we is grouchiness missing. between the father and son. Um, the father is, you know, the father loves the son. Uh, but the son just him and drives him crazy. He wants to drive fast. He wants Route 40 to come through because he can drive fast on the high, on the highway. Right. So basically the father's saying, okay, you want an independent Take this side road and meet us at the gas station. And here's a joke turtle. We'll see this turtle. A hundred yes. million times, huh?
11: Will he ever cross the road?
8: <laughs> yes.
11: Oh, that reminds me. Of There's a good the joke.
8: gas station. It's that's from there cars. 50... That's the well, cars
11: that's where cars cars.
8: That's, that's where they gas up. Fifty years. There's fifty um,
11: years this gas pump this animatronic gas pump has been sticking his shit into cars. <laughs>
8: That's right. Uh,
11: hang on, I'm not done yet. I said, I'm not uh, done yet. Pump, pump, pump. Uh,
8: right okay. now, he's banging the sheriff.
11: <laughs> uh, it's always he's... gulp, gulp. Thank
1: you, Bub. <laughs> <laughs> Never
8: See, there's much. this um, bad car named Diesel, and there's a running gag throughout. They will go to report Diesel, like they'll call the police, and it's like, Well, I'm not here right now. Leave a message with this stereotypical Irish voice. Oh, the Irish cop. Yeah. And then the answering machine goes, beep, leave your message. And then it's like, thank you for leaving a message. It cuts them off. It's a running joke. (sighs) Fucking cops. This uh, this girl here is in love with uh, another car. And another car is in love with the girl. So there'll be a subplot throughout in which he wins the girl over.
11: Why is there a fucking landline lying on the asphalt?
8: I know. And when the phone rings, he goes, hello. He doesn't pick up the phone. He just starts talking to it. (laughs) Right.
1: (laughs) So, <laughs> You'll see.
8: Yes. Well, maybe you won't, because we're not really going to listen very much. Oh, okay, so here's the, the boss. The dad is the boss. And, who got and the, the yellow change? car is like... I did. <laughs> yeah. You the so yellow did. car is the young Best daughter.
11: The good yeah, the good child.
8: Right, the but good child, because she's still little.
11: Yeah, but Sparky's an asshole. We're, we're giving right. up on Sparky.
8: Keep He's the... 15-year-old,
11: 16-year-old Ah, uh, the worst When cars turn 15, they're so fucking <laughs> That's
8: exactly right Hey,
11: so this is a cartoon, huh? Cartoon
1: Ooh-hoo-hoo. Ooh-hoo-hoo.
8: It's Wolfman Jack I'm playing on your cartoons Playing some cartoons We just mentioned Wolfman Jack in the last one the
11: I know, I brought it up of love. Well, yeah. I, if you are listening sequentially, last week we promised that this week's movie would have been a different cartoon called Tarzoon: Shame of the Jungle. Yeah. Did we watch the trailer? And we're not. We're not even going to bother. It's just so racist. It's racist. You know, you mm-hmm. can't do. Can't do a parody of Tarzan apparently without just going full on racist.
8: Well, it was seventy five, nineteen seventy five, so that was more acceptable. Right. People would still get up in arms, but the majority oh
1: you're being sensitive
11: it's parody of the stereotypes that type of uh, bullshit right
8: it's a parody of the stereotypes we're making fun of it as much as you we
11: grew up on Tarzan movies
8: that's not the truth
11: there is another animated uh, Tarzan movie from that, that time period which I think Another like comedy celebrity did the voices for, but mm-hmm. and I couldn't watch it. Like some movies, like this is intriguing. You got cars and you got telephones and you got pumps. You got everything <laughs> you need in a movie. But that was just like it just looked like yeah. George of the Jungle. Not real. I like George of the Jungle.
8: Okay, I want you to know that this blue car is the banker. And the father's apologizing for not paying the mortgage on time. Just things have been tough. Things have been tough. And so we're just getting set up for things are tough and there's a bank involved.
11: I thought this was a kid's movie. Why are cars talking about mortgages?
8: Well, that's one of the weird things about this Michael Schlepp. Um, He is making kids films, but he doesn't do the boundaries of nicey-nice stuff. As a matter of fact, in our Act 3, uh, you know, ticking time bomb moment, uh, the, the peril is that they're going to die. Ooh, cool. Yeah. I, so I listened to something called Bear Lizard Radio, and they were actually complimenting this Michael Schlepp. They called him an archo-capitalist of filmmakers who has no boundaries. Um, Great,
11: I'll give that.
8: He's good at making them bad He's shameless because you know what he's knocking off But he makes extremely complex villains And he does dark, dark children's stories Characters die, they get mutilated uh, And they're praising that well, <laughs> And one thing they praise is that Even though it's, it's the title is a knockoff It is their own story
11: I guess so I don't really see much Here's of a our story our turtle friend
8: I oh, it's a living they're right And here's the um Door. good the good car the good kid
11: the, the, oh yeah
8: the good kid yeah and she is looking for a ramp and right now she's like too small too big Oh
11: you're letting, so there happens to be doors lying around and rocks <laughs> yeah yeah and she's like And no, she's gonna
8: Goldilocks find one that's just right.
11: Oh, there's that turtle,
8: fucking kid. I guess this is Arizona. Is it? I, it could it's be not a part Nevada, Arizona, Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico, is, but I think it's Arizona.
11: It's like bedrock. Down in bedrock, bam, bam, bam. this is the Flintstones neighborhood. They just built a gas station. <laughs>
8: No, everything would be made out of rocks. There's no metal in Flintstone's world.
11: Is there anything else (laughs) happening in this town other than this gas station?
8: Uh, We don't see it. There is the bank. There is the police station. Uh And The hospital uh, where
11: they they resuscitate.
8: (laughs) Okay, finally... Uh, the teenager who took the sh- long cut, is that the opposite of a shortcut? Yes. Finally is getting home and he's like, oh, I'm tired. I need a car <laughs> wash.
11: Oh, uh, I need a car job, if you know what I'm saying. A rib job. What? Wink, wink, wink. A rib job for my asshole. I mean, asshole. I'm not very good at this, innuendo. Oh, <laughs> uh, a bunch of gear, metalheads, gearheads.
8: <laughs>
1: Right. I miss it.